Welcome to Pardes Daily, where you get your daily dose of Torah with Pardes faculty. This time, Pardes is bringing Pesach to you. Let's dive in. Hi, this is Rachel Berkowitz coming to you from Jerusalem. This is Unit 7, where we're learning through the Mishnayot of Masechah Pesachim. Last time we finished the first chapter of Masechah Pesachim, and now we need to step back and take a look at what is going on throughout the chapter? What are the messages that the rabbis of the Mishnah want to convey to us? We open the sessions by saying that the rabbis want to signal out and discuss chametz as its own entity standing on its own, not in relationship to matzah. And that the prohibition from for eating chametz, as we saw throughout this chapter, is more linked to kodshim. It's linked to the Korban Pesach, the time of the Korban Pesach, the rabbis of the Mishnah used comparisons of the truma and the similarity of truma that has become puzzle and needs to be burned and the um, chametz that needs to be burned, the basar of kodshim, the, the sanctified meat that needs to be burned and the burning of um, chametz. And also it, it, it introduced to us an, uh, uh, the idea of the korban todah, which had many, many similarities to the um, korban pesach. And so what is what what is this all trying to say? Why why talk about chametz in the context of kodshim, in the context of holy things? And um, as we sort of maybe didn't articulate, but it's important to articulate in this whole conversation, what is chametz? What is leavening? Leavening is a distinctly human innovation, right? Leavening is human beings taking the raw materials, the grains that grow off from the ground that the divine provided in creation and elevating them, changing them, shaping them in a way and creating something new called chametz, called bread, called chalot, like the chalot of the Todah, right? Called bread. And this, this, is, this is human ingenuity and creativity at its best, right? Human beings are capable of taking the raw materials in the world and turning them into something other. And that is amazing. On the other hand, we learned that for the large majority of time in the Beit HaMikdash, there is no chametz. We can't have chametz. Chametz shouldn't go with kodshim. And that is an interesting idea. Why? Why shouldn't there be chametz on the altar? Why shouldn't this human innovation and, and, and ingenuity be placed on the altar? I, I, I can't say I know this for sure, but it sounds like, it really sounds like, that when I offer something to the divine, I have to strip away to the bare bones of, of, of nature, of what the divine gave me, and, and get that humility. I know there's so many different Torah about chametz, about being about human hubris, but and sometimes when people say things like that, you might think I think it's fluff, but I think that there's something at the core, deep truth about what chametz represents. It, re it represents human hubris in the best of things, in the most ingenuitive creative engineering way. But when I come to stand before the divine in the Beit HaMikdash, I need to strip that away. I need to serve the divine with the raw materials that the divine created to acknowledge the divine as the ultimate creator in the world and not myself. That being said, we learned, particularly it was reminded us, that there is the Korban Todah where I bring Chametz to the Beit HaMikdash. And I do bring human creativity, human ingenuity to, um, to the fore. And that happens then and also with the Shteh Lechem on Shavuot. So 
it's not that I completely wipe away human ingenuity from the Beit HaMikdash, but I, I put it in small doses. And I think that um, it makes sense in some way if a Korban Todah is thanking the divine that I am alive, that my life was saved, that I, and, and therefore I actually want to revel in what it means to be a live human being, <laughs> to be human, right? To not be dead. And we, we had Tumat Mate mentioned in this, uh, you know, the Tuma that comes from death. And obviously we know that Tuma can't go to the Beit HaMikdash, right? Because that too, that frailty of, of human beings that they die is antithetical to the divine that is, is, is entirely life. But at that moment when my life, I almost risk my life, I actually want to celebrate and revel in my humanness. I want to thank the divine for being alive. And what does it mean to be alive as a human? It means to have the potential to bake bread, to do all that human creativity and ingenuity. And so at that moment of the Todah, I bring some chametz and some and some um and some matzah. And, and in a small dose, I offer that as my thanksgiving, I think, and then acknowledging that this human creativity, ingenuity has its life source in the divine as well. And therefore, I, I don't let that uh, overcome me. I don't forget the source of it. I focus it to appreciate that that source of what it means to be alive, to be human life, that that source is the divine. And what's interesting about this chapter, obviously in the discussion of chametz, which is this ultimate of human ingenuity, we have a number of other examples of, of human creativity, of human beings building their world, right? I also mentioned to you that like that Nisan is our personal Rosh Hashanah when we when we when we become a nation for the first time. And actually, in our Mishnah, when it when it was discussing um, the times that the that the lechem for the korban todah was going to single signal to us, right? It used the phrase Kol Ha'am, the entire nation you know, eats up the sun, the entire nation burns up to them, right? It talked about it as a unified nation, which is what um, Pesach has created us into. And at this moment, when we're thinking about our, our, our creation as a nation, the chapter also discusses like the creation of human beings in some way, right? And, and human ingenuity. Obviously we have chametz matzah, right? The fermentation of bread. We also have the mention of Shemin, right? That's another example of taking raw materials of olives, et cetera, and making oil that we can burn. We also have the mention of the, the martif, where the, where the wine is stored, right? That's another human ingenuity. And obviously, I don't have time to discuss it, but why we have a special blessing on, on hamotzi, on the bread, and a special blessing for the wine is that celebration of that partnership of, of human beings taking the divine raw materials and elevating them, Right? And, and we have even human ingenuity with, with fire, right? I've harnessed fire and I, I can light lamps with it and I can burn things with it as opposed to it being something um, dangerous. But not only that, in this chapter, we have, right, the, the, this idea of making a candle, right? There's darkness in the world. That is the raw materials. And we are able to make light in darkness. There's the sun and we harnessed it and made sundials. And we're able to tell the passage of time using the sun. Not only that, we build things. We dig into the ground and make a martif, make a basement. And we build two columns high and a beautiful, incredible building of the Beit HaMikdash of the Itzdeba. And we build into the air. So it's so high up that all people can see all around. And not only, and somewhere in between the digging in the ground and the building, this huge building, right? We also build houses and chatzers and we build cities, which were mentioned, right? We, we, we build entire uniforces. That is what human beings are capable of. 
it's quite amazing what that that human hubris, that human drive to take the raw materials of the divine. Obviously, we um, we talked about this when we studied Rosh Hashanah, right? We we have the calendar and we 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 sanctify the new mood and we create the fourteenth, right? That's based on the calendar and us and and the word moed is linked to that calendar of us harnessing time in that way and sanctifying it. Um, and we can sanctify things. We grow we grow produce in the ground. We we grow things from the ground and then we separate things as tithes and we sanctify it by determining and dedicating it that this is going to go to the Kohen and this is going to go to the um to the Behamidash. Right? We I think we had like two models in this chapter, one of Tuma and Tara, which I think is the realm of the divine, which is also the realm of all the sort of raw materials in the Behamidash. And then we have things that are Kadosh or Pasul, which become Kadosh or Pasul because of the way we interact with them and the way we experience them in time and in our lives. And so in this chapter, we have an incredible description of human ingenuity in, in, the, most, in the most beautiful way of building what it means to have human life. Um, on the other hand, we're told that there's going to be this period of time, right, where we stop with that. We don't have any more chametz. We separate. We, we, we put it to the side. And then we, we get rid of it from our house. Right. And then the interesting thing that the image that this chapter paints is when I get rid of it from my house. Right. Because I've had all this comparison to the Beit HaMikdash and to Korbanot. Right. It's as if I'm making my house like the Beit HaMikdash. Right. I have this one week of the year where I, I make my house like the Beit HaMikdash. And then that's Pesach. Right. And eventually we get to Shavuot where we bring the Shteyalach and where we bring the Chametz into the Beit HaMikdash again. Right. And, and I create this interesting balance. Okay, I want to add another idea and another layer to this that I thought of from, um, um, from the language here. I noticed another thing that's interesting in this chapter. There are so many words that are linked to sort of rabbinic learning and rabbinic Torah, right? We had our first Mishnah where it said, Lama Amru, and it quoted some earlier Mishnah. We had the phrase, Ein Ladavar Sof, the rabbis using logic to, uh, to do things. We had Hosif Omer, he adds something else. We had Limdumi Divrehem, I learned from their words. And then obviously we had Rabbi Meir saying, Rabbi Yosef contradicting Rabbi Meir saying, it ain't no Zahamidah, but it was clear that this was rabbinic innovation, that he was applying sort of hermeneutical principles to learn from it. And then we had Alman Yechlakua, what are they, what are they, what are they arguing about, right? These are all the languages of rabbinic Torah. That compiled by the fact of knowing that Bidikat Chamet is rabbinic Torah. And that the time that we're burning is a rabbinic addition, right? And what that's another example of human ingenuity of taking the raw materials, taking the raw materials of the Torah that the divine is giving us and, 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 and fermenting them and using them and building on them and creating rabbinic Torah. And then I want to use the last Mishnah to, to, to give a read on this. The last words of our chapter were shtehem ke'echad, that these two I treat as one. Right. And, and I learned in some way, Rabbi Meir was trying to make an argument that that I that somehow with the burning of the chametz, um, the that there was some similarity to Kochim. Right. And so on the one hand, I feel like all these comparisons were trying to say that maybe all that chametz that I have all year round in my house has a level of Kedusha to it. Right. And all that innovation has a level of Kedusha to it. And all that rabbinic Torah has a level of Kedusha to it. And that is incredibly positive. On the other hand, I need this moment of Pesach to sort of put a stop and to say the time has passed and I need to burn that. 
and I need to get all that comments out of my house and make my house like the Beta Mikdash and, and acknowledge that the, the raw materials really come from the divine. And even this chametz, that's it's holy because shtehem ke'echad, because I took the raw materials and I did human innovation and I made them all one. And that is where the holiness is, me partnering with the divine, me taking the raw materials of, of the Torah and, and embellishing it and, 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 and treating them as one, me taking nature and growing things and, and making bread and, and partnering with the divine. And they, I treat them as one. I treat human creativity and divine creativity, I treat it as one. But the one is that the source is from the divine, that the source is from the divine. And I don't want to lose sight of that. I don't want to have the human hubris of chametz, where I think it's all about me, 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 me. And that's why in the Beit HaMikdash, I don't have chametz. I only have it on very rare occasions to remind us that that celebration of human life, the source comes from the divine. And I have once a year at the, at the, at the creation of ourselves as a nation, where I take the chametz out of my house, and it's not the Chok it's in my house, to remind me that my house is like the Beit HaMikdash, that the source of all this creativity and human building is from the divine. And yes, we're in partnership. Yes, it's one together, but that source, that oneness comes from the same place. And I have this moment in time called Pesach and called the mitzvah of getting rid of the chametz to remind me of the sanctification of all that chametz that I do, to remind me of the sanctification of human creativity and to remind me that the ultimate source of that human creativity, whether it's growing things in the ground, whether it's making bread, or whether it's making rabbinic Torah, the ultimate source of that creativity is the one who took us out of Mitzrayim and made us into a nation. The one who created this world, so too created human uh, human ingenuity, and that is the divine. Okay, so I think that that is the opening message of our parak. We're going to continue with what happens with human creativity and, and, and creativeness in our next chapter when we come back tomorrow. Thank you to our Pardes faculty, and a big thanks to you, our learners. Make sure to check back in every day to stay on track with your learning, and visit www.pardes.org.il for more information about other ways to learn with Pardes.